everybody, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. I wrote the cover story for Fast Company, their summer magazine, and I talked about generational divides amongst work, specifically focusing on how Gen Z thinks about work. I've talked about this in some of my other videos, just like hinted at it, but this sort of ties together a lot of the thoughts that I've been having over the past few months, over the past year or so, and I want to get into it. So. I'm going to talk about what has shaped Gen Z, what has shaped work, and how we can think about these two things moving forward, generational cohorts, and also just the future of work and what it could look like in this modern era. So it's no secret that Gen Z and everybody else has gone through a lot of crises. So I was born right around the dot-com bubble, then the Great Recession happened right when I was in my formative elementary school years, and then the pandemic happened. Essentially, a lot of people have watched the American dream rot right before their eyes. So there used to be the promise that you could get a starter home, that you could do a nine to five, that you could survive. In fact, boomers made about 18% more in inflation adjusted with a starter salary than Gen Z does going into the workforce now. Like things have changed. The standard of living has changed. And a lot of my work has been about how the economy is good, but that doesn't mean it's great. There's a lot of stuff to fix. Higher education has become a luxury good. The housing crisis exacerbates any sort of cost of living crisis that we already have going on, backdropped by political stagnation. And then we have this rapid technological advancement where everyone's like, what's this AI stuff doing? We don't know, which is exciting within itself, but it's also like, oh my gosh. So I think one thing, so we have all these crises, right? And we have this political stagnation. We have all these issues. And social media really exacerbates that. The youth are growing up in a time of political minefields. So when we think about attention spans, they're absolutely destroyed because when you go and scroll, you can see something that's absolutely gut-wrenching and then also see something that's absolutely wondrous in the span of like one minute. And so how can anybody even begin to retain attention in that sort of environment? The constant scrolling tells us that nothing is worth remembering, that nothing is worth reflection, that consumption is an easier act to do and sometimes that's all we deserve to do. And if we keep on scrolling, maybe Maybe this weird disjointed feeling that we have will eventually go away. And algorithms end up building themselves around you. So I've talked about the algorithmic self before. And it's a bummer because we all really want to be informed, but there's a big gap between knowledge and action. You know, we see all these things, but we often can't parse any sense of reality out of them. We're always pixels away from disaster, but there's an impassable gap there where it's like, I know what's going on, but what do I even begin to do about it? This is a function of the broader attention economy, in my opinion. I think that Gen Z is a lot better about this. I think people have gotten a lot better about this. But there's this idea that every opportunity out there is an opportunity for you to become a star. Like one of my friends on Instagram, his job is like going up to fancy cars and asking what they do for a living. Every opportunity is for you to become a star. And somewhat ironically, that eyeballs for monetization model works with how we interact with each other too. Whether it's something, it's something like a formal, like internet points, the idea that something is only worth something if we post it, that gets into Society of the Spectacle by Guy Debord, where he's like appearances of appearances, it only exists if we show that we're doing it. And I think like 
This social media environment has really shaped how Gen Z thinks about work and how the younger generation thinks about their future. The younger generation has grown up in a time of economic turmoil, an unwritten de redefinition of the standard of living, and an interconnectedness that can oftentimes feel painfully restrictive. It's wonderful to have the entire world at the tip of your fingers, but you also have the entire world at the tip of your fingers. And Gen Z's lives have played out in an era of speculation and excess. We, in, we witnessed the system fail and then saw the bad behavior that caused it to go unpunished many times over. The golden age of grift is still going on. You know, CEOs bought back 5.3 trillion of stock in the 2010s. That could have gone to employees, that could have gone to benefits, investing in new products. Instead, they went to boost share prices, which some would argue will eventually go back. It's like a big virtuous loop. Maybe. The CEO's compensation is based on stock performance, so I don't imagine the incentive model is quite aligned to that. Cost of living has risen substantially in the past half century, driven by housing. Homes have become a Wall Street asset class which uh, may turn Gen Z into the rental generation. Such a bummer, because owning a home is the American dream. It's sick. Owning something, having something be all your own, from the time that you're little, like that's sort of what you're working towards. But for the first time ever, built to rent or surpass the build to sale for the first time, a striking demarcation and what the American dream could look like. And we have homes that are just so expensive, mortgage rates that are so high, people that are locked in two to three percent, they're not budging. And so it's really difficult to get people to that American dream. And the issue with the American dream is that home ownership is a big part of it. So homes become a really big speculative asset. And a lot of people have a lot of wealth in the bottom 50% tied up into their homes. But when you look at the top 10%, the top 1%, they have business ownership, they have equity and stocks. So we really need to rethink how we redefine wealth for people. It cannot just be a home that increases massively in value and prices literally everybody else out. It has to be something like, hey, you know, I work for this corporation and I'm going to get some shares in this corporation. It might not be liquid, but I'm going to be able to benefit in the upside of this profit sharing model that this corporation was a part of. Starbucks is a good example there. We have to redefine ownership because it can't just be speculative assets that people are meant to be living in. And then, you know, I, I've been talking a lot about what surrounds work, but there's the work itself, too. Work has been defined by baby boomers and Gen X. Gen X gets forgotten about a lot, but baby boomers, their whole social lives are based around the office to a certain extent. And I don't think that's the way that Gen Z wants to live. I feel like Generation Z is going about things differently. There's a search for broader freedoms where it's not, you're not dominated by corporations and advertisements and your eyeballs aren't dollar signs. And if you have a feeling just medicated away and student loans are something that you deserve to be burdened with and there's a housing crisis and hyper-individualism and also the earth is burning, so there's nothing to do but try and save it. Hyper-individualism is, I think, one of the most toxic things that the United States is dealing with. We really crave community and online spaces offer some of that, but not in the way that we always need it to. It's shaped how younger generations interact and talk to each other, and there's a preference for a digital interface most of the time. And that really shapes how we see ourselves, too. Generation Z is going into the workforce. I think 
they're going into it with purpose because they have to. They're open-minded, accepting, and they have steadfast values. And I think work for a lot of them needs to dovetail with passion. And if it doesn't, that's okay too, because they'll pursue passion on the side. Eric Baker wrote a really good article in Harper's, The Age of Crisis and the Meaning of Work, talking about this. Fulfillment doesn't have to be in the workplace, but we need to be giving people room to explore those passions, be figuring out what they truly, truly care about, because once you're able to tap into that, that's when you really get people going and excited and happy. And like, that's good. We're entering in this really vast unknown with artificial intelligence. And I feel like if work is not a place to fulfill life goals or a stable place to grow, then Gen Z will be like, this is viscerally disappointing, like all the generations before them. But it's different this time because it is getting kind of worse. It's getting worse. And I think there is a desire for people to go their own way, to build their own businesses. And I have a lot of other thoughts that I won't get into in this video about policy around this sort of thing. And policy is hard and it takes time. And I think the whole thing is, you know, the, the work model that we have is a byproduct of the Industrial Revolution. And 9 to 5 is sort of based on those bells that they rang on the factory floors. And we don't have to do that anymore. It's okay to do, it's okay to change. There's a quote that I'm going to look for. This is like me in every single conversation is like, I have to find a quote. Exposure doesn't mean replacement, but it does mean change. And... We all need to be prepared for a changing world, and avoiding it isn't going to make it not come at us full force, so. Go ahead and read the whole article. I wrote it with David Lidisky, who is a fantastic editor. Close at fastcompany.com, so go ahead and check that out if you're interested. And yeah, thanks for being here, everybody. I am so freaking grateful. It's been a fun ride, and thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon.